Welcome to the Grace Story Podcast, where we introduce you to interesting people and their inspiring stories. From Grace professors, current students, and distinguished alumni, to special guests and speakers on our campus, you can meet new people and hear how they are impacting the world around them. This podcast is recorded and produced at Grace College and Seminary, located on the shores of Winona Lake in the great state of Indiana. This is the Grace Story Podcast. Today on the podcast, we have Dr. John T. Van. Dr. T. Van, my friend, has a doctorate in ministry and intercultural studies and a master's degree in divinity from Grace Theological Seminary and holds an RTM baccalaureate degree in economics from Princeton University. So we'll have to figure out what in the world that means. All right, it's just the Latin. And uh, he has taught a variety of courses here at Grace since 2000 and has had a ministry life, including two senior pastorates at Grace Brethren Church in Ashland, Ohio, and Winona Lake Grace Brethren Church here in Winona Lake. Mm-hmm. And he spent 12 years here at Grace working in the prison ministry and as an educator and as a teacher, and most recently as an interim president. So, Dr. Tevan, welcome. Thank you. So, first of all, tell us. Dr. Flam. Artium Baccalaureus degree. Bachelor of Arts. Oh, okay, okay. So, they use um, just some fancy language at Princeton? Latin whole. The whole diploma is in Latin, except for my name. Oh, okay. Wow. Interesting. Well, let's go. Let's let's, um, pick up the story before Princeton. So, tell us a little bit just where you grew up, how you grew up, sort of your um, your early life sure. and, and development. <clears throat> I'm from a family of lawyers and college, university educators. Uh, grew up on the uh, north side of Chicago, uh, Park Ridge. Uh, my dad, an attorney, um, said you really ought to go far away to school if you can. So I did. I had the opportunity, as you mentioned, to go to Princeton. Halfway through Princeton, I became a Christian. And that was transformative. I had been thinking of nothing besides grad school after college. What kind of career? I have no idea. But then I came to uh, came to seminary and was uh, curious, not committed at all to anything vocational. Curious, but learned quite a bit about uh, God's Word, God's Son, and God's Church. And I thought those. Uh, I was at a perfect time of life to blend those together in uh, next steps. And here I am. So to uh, high school, went to school in Chicago, K-12. Main Township High School East, a very, very large school, over 4,000 when I was there. Um, a lot of students went on to college uh, after that. Very common to go to college after that. Did your family have a, you know, a Christian faith or, or sort of what was your – you know, religious life like as a uh, well, growing was up. Very mixed. My mother was a Christian and involved, and my father was absolutely not. And then, um, you know, was Princeton sort of a foregone conclusion, or did you look at other options, or, or sort of how did that process go? Oh, it was absolutely not a foregone conclusion. Um, yeah, I just applied to a lot of schools, and um, that's where I got to go. When you were studying at Princeton, you studied economics. Mm-hmm. Um, one, you know, it's just a very different environment than Grace College. So just tell us a little bit about what it was like being at a place like Princeton and tell us a little bit about, you know, why economics, which has been a thread that's run through the rest of your life. 
But uh, but why economics? A thread kind of like <clears throat> a hobby, I suppose. Yes. Um, well, uh, I took Econ 101 fall of my freshman year, <clears throat> and I um, I was hooked by it. It's It was the macroeconomics where you imagine you can press the buttons and pull the levers and make the economy uh, work. Uh, it's called Keynesian economics. It doesn't work, but it's very intriguing, and uh, I, uh, I enjoyed that. It took me, though, till the middle of my sophomore year, uh, towards the end of my sophomore year, to declare a major, which was common. Uh, I wanted to look around and see other things, but that, that idea of how things work, how the economy works, uh, really appealed to me. And with no necessarily direct outcome, career path in mind, oh. but just this seems interesting to study. Yep. Well, I know I didn't want to be a lawyer. Um, <laughs> and, you know, you might ask about campus. I mean, there's always theater going on. There's always speakers, uh, interesting people, fascinating people, things to, things to do, plus campus life, plus all of that. And my friends, it was, uh, it was all good. Learn to sail. And uh, uh, I just enjoyed my time there. Uh, you are considered, you know, an academic, a a very thoughtful, um, a deep thinker. Was that something that you, um, you know, sort of always had, even in your childhood, kind of that curiosity of mind? Was that something that, you know, turned on in a new and different way in college? Tell us about, you know, sort of the life of the mind and, and how that developed in you. Well, I don't think in terms of deep. Uh, I do think in terms of curious, though. I, um, I, I was around people. Uh, the whole family has, uh, you know, my sisters, my cousins, everybody went to a college you heard of. Um, and it was, it was in the air. That's just, that's just, that's how we, it just seemed normal. I hardly know how to explain it. If, I, mm. if we were an athletic family and you said, how do we become athletic? It's like, I don't know, we just did. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, that, that was it. You then came to Grace Seminary. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've loved some of your, you know, perceptions of even first time on campus and, mm-hmm. and what that was like. And then also, you know, what were some of your perceptions and what was like your family's reaction to you deciding to go to seminary in Winona Lake, Indiana? Well, <clears throat> it was a shock to my family. Um, not completely unwelcome, but still uh, quite a surprise. But it was a surprise to me, too. Hmm. I um, uh, I asked around what a good school might be, and the people at the, uh, the Bible study I was in on campus said, you ought to consider these four schools. And I basically said, which one's close to Chicago? Hmm. And so I came to Grace. And when I got here, I was, it was 1968. It was very strange times. The school was dramatically different than it is uh, now, if you think in terms of perspective or attitude or cultural things. But still back then, very and very enjoyably and very engagingly biblical uh, in its focus. And that's where I really benefited. Uh, a lot of guys had been to a Bible college or had before they came to seminary and were hearing some things for the second time. Uh, not me. Everything, everything I heard in seminary was new to me. Hmm. And I loved it. 
even though you loved it, there was a time you thought about leaving, but there was a certain someone who helped ensure you stayed around. Correct? Well, if we're gonna if we're gonna go down that road, then <laughs> I have to say that on the on sort of the attitude when I say it was very different back then, uh, that was the part that I really struggled with uh, when I was here, um, and so I left, and I was at another a seminary for a while, and I came back, uh, and people. You know, they say, oh, you came back, huh? What's her name? And <laughs> it was Jane, Jane Cooper back then. And uh, a couple of years later, we were married and very happily now more than 50 years ago. Wow. Praise the Lord for that. Thank you, Jane. I do. <laughs> so we have Jane to thank. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, you know, then pastoral ministry, two stops along the way. Mm-hmm. And um, and then, uh, you know, kind of second career then at, at Grace. Right. And you came to Grace First, for the prison program, correct? Mm-hmm. And how did how did that happen? And tell me a little bit about just uh, that experience in your life. Well, I left the uh, the church after thirty four years of two churches. I left, and people said, "Oh, you're retiring." I wasn't yet sixty, and I bristled at that idea. But I didn't know what I was going to do next. Certainly, praying about it, and uh, uh, got a phone call one day from uh, Doctor uh, Steve Grill, who said. Uh, hey, we want you to think about being uh, the leader of the prison extension for Grace. And I said, well, I'll think about it. I hung up the phone, called him right back, and said, I'm very interested because uh, I knew this was uh, something God had provided. I've always been active in social concerns kind of things, at least on the fringes. And uh, so this, this was a good fit uh, for me. The administrative part of what I do fit as well. And, of course, I taught economics and other classes at Miami, New Testament, uh, and a couple of other classes up at Michigan City Prison. Even before taking on this full-time no, role at Grace? No. or Okay, after? As part of it. I, gotcha. I would go down there to, you know, I'd visit this probably two or two sites a week, maybe three sites a week. And uh, different times when I was there, I said, well, I might as well teach because we always needed teachers. And uh, I was very happy. You know, there's not many people interested to teach economics. So uh, we had a course and I got to teach it. Hmm. How many years did you uh, lead the prison extension program then? Well, as an extension, it was uh, five years or six years before the governor shut the program down entirely for the whole state, including all the other colleges besides ours. After that, we had another five, uh, maybe yeah, five years of, of uh, providing, uh, uh, used to call it GED and vocational education, uh, high school equivalency. And that was contract. I was also contract education, but we were um, not providing grace education. We were providing uh, sort of a formula of education mm. that was handed to us. We also inherited teachers. Uh, it was very different. And so during that time, I was able to go to the Weber School, and uh, Denny Duncan came over, a former principal, and he knew how to run a school. Now we were running basically a high school. Well, he knew how to do that. Mm. from his experience, his good experience. Uh, he was fine at his work uh, coming over from Jefferson to uh, lead our um, that last four and a half years. And I kind of came back to help. There's, it's more of a story, but I came back and then a couple of years kind of as a volunteer up at Michigan City Prison with a program that, that did not require accreditation until finally we were done. What are some of your, and the, yes, I know those are... Uh, Lots of changes and complexities to all of that. But what, what were some of – I know there was such an impactful – in fact, in the office, 
uh, during your time as interim president, there's a picture up mm-hmm. um, of of a graduation with some of the um, mm-hmm. some of those who who were offenders who had earned degrees. And that's always been something you've talked about and mentioned and ensure is recognized. Sure. It became very important to you. Um, and what about that became uh, so impactful? What Give us some lessons learned. What was so impactful for well, you? Well, there, <clears throat> there were many very interesting men. We called them clerks and tutors. Their prison job was to work for, for education for us. And whether it was at Wabash Valley or Pendleton – uh, or Michigan City or Miami, uh, we always had a variety of people. That particular picture is up at Michigan City where the program started uh, long ago and where we had very deep roots and there were some very exceptional uh, men that we worked th- with there. Um, and so when I look at that picture and I see those guys, uh, some were kind of brand new, barely remember their names, but others of them were, were rock just rock solid, including the two who were graduating. By that time, it was a degree completion. After mm. we no longer had classes on site, we had a couple of years of degree completion, hoping that we could get you know teach people out when the de- when a degree goes away like that, have to do that. And many, many, well over two hundred people, uh, two hundred uh, people got degrees, and that at that last you know, a year, year and a half, two years of degree completion, uh, including these guys. So mm-hmm. they were very reliable. Uh, we all learned from each other. When I would go up there, uh, I always would plan a day, a prison day uh, up there and uh, always had time. I taught a little, but I also uh, got time to sit down and and spend time with the guys. And one one of the guys was very young. And uh, others kept saying to me, you got to spend time with him. you got to spend time with him. Keep encouraging him. And it was just a good, good teamwork up there. Um, and you still talk and write about it to this day. It's yeah. still important to you. Why? Well, the kind of... Uh, Leadership roles I've had um, can be uh, fairly office-oriented or upfront-oriented, and um, to spend the amount of time in the prison classroom and then with those clerks and tutors at the different facilities, plus our own site directors, uh, that was very hands-on, very face-to-face, very long-term. Uh, when you see the same people week after week, you know, for a number of years, uh, you get attached. So, mm-hmm. and formerly for me, that had been a small group of staff or elders, and this was now a small group that included uh, uh, prisoners, guys who were very, very different, uh, you know, from me and from my neighborhood and all of that. They And I found them... Uh, uh, I learned many things. <laughs> yeah, I have stories from Kevin and stories from Max that are just unbelievable. Uh, what they taught me, hmm. life lessons, and uh, very clearly in my mind, at least related to the Lord and His grace and discipleship. People who've made a deep commitment 
in a hard situation and found that it it was worthwhile. Yeah, that sticks. You want to be around people like that. <laughs> yeah, thank you for sharing. I, mean, I can even hear as you uh, share and, and see as you share just how valuable those people are to you. And yeah. like you said, it, some of the other roles were you know, some administrative, lots of upfront, but this was a lot of person to person mm-hmm. and you get to know those men on an individual level and it, and it makes an impact. True. Very moving to me. Well, then most recently, um, <laughs> you were, uh, invited to serve as an interim president for, for grace and you knew it was going to be six months and, um, Tell me just some of the joys of, you know, kind of reengaging on a deep level, the Grace community, been teaching and, and in the classroom, you know, through, throughout the last number of years. But obviously, this is a new level um, to be the interim president. What were some of the, the joys of that time for you? Well, I'll start with the sadness. We're all sad to see Dr. Katip, um suddenly, uh, you know, we we're hoping he'd return and then he didn't. And then there was the shock of being asked. Uh, it was quite a pleasure, but still a shock. Um, so when I, when I started, I knew that we had a strong staff, a strong cabinet, and yet there was just an uncertainty in the air. How could there not be uncertainty? The president in October is, uh, is gone, and what's up? Everybody wonders. Um, so as I started with the cabinet, I started with uh, various uh, responsibilities. I was pleased. I wanted to get to know people. I tried to meet people always in their office instead of my office. So I was getting around campus. Uh, it was. I learned a lot. There was as much as I knew about Grace from my former uh, uh, level, leadership level. There was certainly more to learn and more things to put together, but a strong team and uh, – yeah, it was uh, it was good. I was I, uh, I always liked to be in the room and at the table, and uh, it was uh, it was pleasant. But I also knew that as interim president, uh, there are many aspects of that job I just I just didn't do. Uh, I wasn't even really being asked to do. So I was kind of a campus president mm. and uh, for that brief time and I enjoyed that very much I tried to stay I tried to stay engaged on the campus level watching you you were yes you were not in your office very often you were out and about and with people mm-hmm. and I love to uh, sometimes uh, you would come back and say oh I was just walking around campus and I started talking to the construction guys over there and did you know this and this and this is going on and you just would <laughs> you just sort of you know, what do they call it? Management by walking around in a sense. I did walk around a lot. That's good. And, uh, you know, somewhere in there, uh, the transition started to happen to where I was invited to be the president. And it was such a joy for me to work alongside of you. And you were a great partner in all of that. And thank you for that. Um, as you've had the time to observe, and maybe this is a bit self-serving, but I'd, I'd love for you to share, you know, both, both what are you excited for in the future and what would you encourage others to pray for now that you've seen behind the curtain and been a part of this 
and you're still a part of it as Envoy to the President. Envoy I, to the President. I love it. It's a it's a great title. I like it as well. But, uh, you know, what are you excited about and, and what would you encourage people to pray for? Yeah. Well, with so much uh, up in the air last year because of, of the sudden change, uh, it's hard to imagine that back then we could have anticipated a, uh, a smooth transition to a new presidency, meaning yours. Um, I felt uh, we hardly knew each other, and then we got to know each other better, and then we got to know each other better still. And the, uh, the confidence uh, that I have in, in not only your leadership but the team that you're forming, uh, these are all very good, and I got six points on that for maybe another time. But uh, I was... Uh, uh, I was happy to um, uh, see that while there's always issues and things to fix or, to, or discuss or to move forward on or objectives uh, to fill, that there was, there was always a good attitude and a good heart uh, moving in that direction. As far as praying, uh, you know, I think with a new presidency, it's easy to think of a tentative start and kind of a wait and see on people's part. And I think that's worth praying about, but I don't sense that at all because I am uh, close and I see uh, something much more like a fresh start for grace. I see good enthusiasm. I see momentum. I see things everywhere, whether it's enrollment or athletics or uh, things we do with uh, different groups of people on the campus. There is, uh, from the start of this year, there has been uh, high energy, high focus, and I see a lot of smiling people. And thank God for that. Mm. And keep praying for God's blessing, right? I mean, keep that, praying for God's blessing. Yes. Uh, we, we talk a lot about to know Christ and to make him known. And um, there have been some good things. And uh, yet we know uh, wherever there is good, there is an enemy lurking. And so pray for God's protection and pray for you know, God's continued blessing. Well, there's certainly no question about that. And uh, if we're going to be a college, that's one thing. But if we're going to be focused on knowing Christ and making him known, then we have uh, not only God's help and strength and spirit and leadership, but we also have, as you say, opposition that's uh, got a spiritual, very serious spiritual dimension. Hmm. Dr. T. Man, if uh, folks wanted to um, connect with you or uh, hear more from you, what's a, what's a good way to, to do that? T. Van J. A. at grace.edu. Yeah, I sent out different mailings. I, I had Tuesdays with T-Van for a while, uh, for those six months. Um, yeah, I have lists of people I connect with, uh, things I write. and um, you, just very, you just handed me one that I have yeah, to write, that I have to read here pretty soon. I, I enjoy these. very eclectic. Interdependence, I, a lifetime of needing each other. I, yes, and, and if you didn't know, Dr. T-Van, you think by writing. That's, that's, that's one of the things it. you've taught me. Um, as you think by writing, that's how you sort of solidify your own thinking on various topics. And so you've you've done that and you've put those together. And then you also produce, you know, uh, at least one newsletter on a monthly ba basis. At least the one I receive is the economic it's more perspectives. Of a, more of an essay, yes. But yes. yes. Uh -huh. uh, which I appreciate. And it's uh, it's I like your your writing style and the ability to understand your thinking process through your writing. Thank you. You need all. You need to put it all together in in one. I know you're working on that, but I'm gonna keep telling you you need to do that. So I'm almost there. Uh, well, thank you all for listening today to the Grace Story podcast. 
Thank you for Rick Neer and the marketing department putting this together for us. And thank you, Dr. TVM, for joining us today. You're welcome, Dr. Flam. It's been a pleasure. God bless you. And until next time, live your best grace story today.